0: Okay. Um, we're on part two of hearing from God. Is that a subject that interests anybody? Yeah. It interests me. <laughs> I tell you, would to God I had known something about this when I was about 18, you know, because that that's, you know, a time in your life when you're having to make a lot of decisions and what career you're going to choose and what you're going to do with your life, and all that, and boy, I wish I would have known some of these things then. But uh, we're at Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. And uh, let's just read this scripture out loud together a couple of times. one two three for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are sons of god one more time for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so this word um Sons is is referring to maturing sons. This is not referring to babies or children, spiritual babies or spiritual children. This is referring to maturing sons of God or led by the Spirit of God. And last time we talked about uh, Jesus said in John 10 that I am the shepherd, my sheep know my voice. Uh, and in 1 John 2, 20, Uh, He said, you have an unction of the Holy One and you know all things. So when you are facing a situation where you really need to hear from the Lord, even when your mind is not clear about it, don't continue to say, well, I just can't hear from God. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what he's saying to me. Uh, Don't continue to say that let's say this together I'm a son of God God. and I am led by him him. he's ordering my steps steps. I will do the right thing I will make the right decision amen this helps us to get our words in line with what God said Uh, we talked last time about not leaning to your own understanding uh but use your understanding if you need to talk to some people talk to them if you need to make some phone calls and inquiries by all means do so but uh, in the final analysis go with what you get on the inside we talked about second uh, corinthians uh, 13 about the communion of the holy spirit and this word communion. Uh, does not describe a um, spectacular, dramatic type of experience. It describes an ongoing, continual communing with the Holy Spirit just all the time. Uh, You know, when when we're sitting around waiting on someone. Uh, You know, if you're at the train station, if you're in a shop, waiting on your husband or wife shopping or something, don't just let your mind float off out into space on a bunch of junk. You know, be looking in here. Be just be monitoring your spirit, uh, and just have your just kind of all the time have your spiritual antenna run up, and that's that's communing with the Holy Spirit uh, on a continual basis. We need to be God inside me minded, and this is one of the the great benefits and the major realities that makes our covenant better than the old covenant because the Old Testament saints were not born again and they did not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them to lead them and to guide them Uh, the Holy Spirit only came on the king and the prophet and the priest and if people wanted to hear from God they had to go to them and inquire what's God saying about this I mean, and they could go years and never hear from God. So this is this is one of the huge benefits and advantages that we have in the as New Testament believers. God did not intend for us to live just leaning to our own understanding or looking for a vision or an audible voice when we get in a tight place. Uh, these type of spectacular manifestations wow. are extremely wow. rare. Like we were talking about we were talking about, you know, Saul on the road uh to Damascus. That was a very spectacular dramatic experience, but very rare. I mean, that you know, things like that, even in the New Testament, didn't happen that, that often. Um, Brother Hagen uh used to say, many people are seeking the spectacular and missing supernatural the leading of the Spirit of God inside us to guide us and direct us is supernatural we talked about the first and most common way we hear from God the most common way the most basic way we hear from God is do you remember what did we say last time the most basic common way God speaks to us. What was the first most basic common way?
1: Yeah.
0: The written word. The written word is the most basic common way that God speaks to his children. And, and the most common way that we hear from God. Second uh, Peter 1.16 Referring to the written word, you know, Peter was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, right. which was another very dramatic, spectacular event. And uh, but Peter said, I was there, I was there when it happened, I was there with Jesus, I saw it, I even heard an audible voice from heaven. But he said, This written word is a more sure word of prophecy than hearing an audible voice from heaven. Uh, so don't believe uh, every vision that somebody tells you or you hear about. Check it out by the word and check it out by your heart. What What's, check it out by the word and the inward witness because everything that's spiritual is not necessarily from God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11.14 says, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, we're going to uh, move on today, and we're going to talk about the second most common basic way that God leads us. The first most common basic way was what? The written word. The second most common way that God leads us is by the inward witness. The inward witness. Uh, Let's look at Romans 16. Just go down a couple of verses there from where we started. Romans 16. The spirit itself or himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There are a lot of good people who love God, but they don't know much about being led by the Spirit of God. As most of us have experienced at one time or another, indecision is a crippling thing. There are people who talk to their friends, their relatives, counselors and ask them what they think they should do. We have a counselor, we have the counselor living on the inside of us, and we have the book with the answers. And I think one reason for this uh, indecision is this question. Is what, what we are hearing, is that God or is that just me? I think that's what causes this indecision am I hearing from God or is this just me and that's uh, and I think this study is going to help us to clear up that question we all need to sharpen up our hearing and get to the place where God just whispers to us and it's loud and clear it it, you know I want to get to the place where the Lord can just whisper to me and it sounds like it's coming through the PA system that's that's where I want to get and then the only thing left for us to do is just to act on what He's leading us to do. And this should be a priority in our life. Um, along with learning to live by faith, this is probably the most important thing you need to learn as a believer in order to live in an overcoming victorious life here on earth. Romans 5.17 in the Amplified Bible says, We are to reign as kings in life. In this life, we're to reign as kings. And in order to reign as kings in this life, we're going to have to uh, know how to live by faith and we're going to have to know how to hear from God. Uh, Most Christians are more prepared for heaven than they are earth. Because, uh, you know, from the time they get born again, uh, you know, their lives change morally, usually. there There's a moral difference between the way they live and unbelievers live. But apart from that, in a lot of cases, there's not a whole lot of difference between the way Christians live and unbelievers live. Um... And as you know, we emphasize in this ministry the teaching of the Word to, to bring believers from spiritual babies to adulthood and mature, mature sons. And that's what, what we're talking about. That's what Romans eight fourteen says. Mature sons are led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by external things. They're led by the Spirit of God. Uh, we're not going to turn there but acts 20:32 is talking about the word and it's it says i commend you to god and and uh, the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified the word of god is able to build you up and give you an inheritance and mature sons of god know what they have inherited amen Now let's say this together. I'll hear what I need to hear. I'll see what I need to see. I'll get what I need to get. I'll hear from the Lord. Amen. This is how you can tell when you are in faith. You start getting excited about it. When you start getting excited about something, you know you're in faith. There's no such thing as being in faith and being depressed about something at the same time. Uh, You can make 19 good confessions a day about something, but if you're depressed about it, you're not in faith. So when you're in faith and you believe God has heard you and you believe your confession is effective, you're counting it done, and you're expecting things to change. And that puts you in a state of excitement and expectation. When you're in faith and you get excited, uh, it's because you know that things can't stay bad, lack can't stay lack, sickness can't stay sickness. We're calling things that are not as though they were, and we're shouting the victory regardless of of what we see outside. Now let's back up to Romans eight fifteen, where it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now notice the, the phrase here, the spirit of adoption when when one is adopted I, I, in the natural when when a child is adopted into a family they uh, are made to feel like they belong they they legally they now belong to that family and they're made to feel a part of that family and this is saying when we're born again the spirit of god is what makes us feel that we belong in god's family um uh, and that's, that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. He, he helps us to know that we are no longer lost. He helps us to know that now we're in a new family and now we belong to God. And when somebody asks you, how do you know you're saved? What do you say? I just know. I just know. Because the Holy Spirit is in there and he's witnessing I'm not lost anymore. I belong to God now. I'm in the family of God. So that's the spirit of adoption. That's one of the the you know, attributes of the Holy Spirit. He helps us to know that we're now in the family of God. So in verse 14, we saw that the maturing sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And verse 16 tells us how this leading occurs, how we are led by the Spirit of God. Now, verse 16 tells us how the Spirit himself, the King James word, Version uses itself, some of the later translations use the word himself. This word himself is the Greek word altos and it's where we get the word automatic or auto. Now and and, uh, if you have a car with an automatic shift that's a self-shifting car. It it shifts itself, self-shifting. And this this word himself actually means the self-same, the self-same spirit. The self-same spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The self-same spirit that Jesus had when he walked the earth. The self-same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the self-same spirit that now lives on the inside of us and he bears witness with what part of us? Our spirit, our own human spirit. Now, you, you probably know this, but in the King James Version, you notice sometimes the word spirit is a little s, and sometimes it's a capital S. And what that is, the translators did the best they could Every time they came to this word, they had to decide, is he talking about our own human spirit or is he talking about the Holy Spirit? So every time they thought the word was referring to our, our own spirit, they used a little s. And every time they thought he was talking about the Holy Spirit, they made it a capital S. And Probably most of the time they got it right. I'm not saying they got it right every time, but but that's why you see sometimes spirit has a small capital and sometimes it has a large capital. Now, uh, this word witness is a co-witness. The Holy Spirit is a co-witness with our spirit. The worldwide English New Testament uh, says it this way. The Spirit himself also, along with our own spirits, tells us we are God's own children. The Holy Spirit is the co-witness with our own spirit. So the self-same Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Now, if if he can let us know that we are no longer lost, And if He can let us know that now we belong to God, He can let us know other things. He can let us know whether to take this job or not. He can let us know whether you should marry that person or not. He can let you know whether you should invest money in this company or not. There are a lot of people that have the impression that God's only interested in helping us in things that they have determined are spiritual. And that, you know, they, they want to compartmentalize. They put spiritual things over here, and they put natural material things over here, and they think the two shall never meet. That's, that's ridiculous. The, the spirit realm created the natural realm. The natural realm came from the spirit realm. Of course they're, they're connected. Of course they're connected. So God's not just interested in showing us things of spiritual importance. He's interested in everything. He's interested in our everyday life and, and showing us and leading us in our everyday natural life. Uh, you remember Acts 27, when Paul was a, a prisoner Amen. And they were going to take him to Rome on a boat. And you remember, uh, he said, I perceive that this journey is going to be with much hurt and much damage. And we should not sail right now. Now, how, what did he mean when he said, I perceive that this journey is going to be dangerous. The Holy Spirit was witnessing with his spirit This is going to be a dangerous trip, and you shouldn't make this trip. This this boat shouldn't be sailing. That's how he knew that this was going to be a a dangerous trip. He had the inward witness. The Holy Spirit, co-witnessing with his spirit, said, Don't set sail. And he told the captain, Don't set sail. Don't go now. What did the captain say? The captain said, oh, the weather is beautiful. Bright sunshine, clear sky. This is perfect sailing weather. What could possibly go wrong? And that almost got them all killed. Because, uh, you know, what was he looking at? He was just looking at the natural circumstances. He was just looking at the weather. And Paul had some Paul had some more information. He had some inside information. Amen? He had some inside information. I don't care what the weather looks like. The Holy Spirit's telling me this is going to be a dangerous trip and we should not set sail right now. But the captain didn't listen to him. He did not listen to the man of God. He overrode what Paul said. And they almost all got killed. But God... You know, it it turned out that God didn't spare them because God spoke to Paul again and said, you're going to go to Rome safely. Do you think it was important to God that Paul got to Rome safely? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Of course. This was a natural material event in his life. And this was not a spiritual hurricane. This was a real hurricane. This wasn't just something spiritual. This was a natural event an everyday uh, event in his life and god was interested in it that's that's why he warned him if god hadn't been interested he he wouldn't have told him not to go he specifically told told paul don't go but the captain didn't listen to him now the holy spirit is able to help some people a lot more than others because some have learned to lean on him more than others And some have learned to yield to the Holy Spirit more than others, and for that reason, He can help them more. Uh, He's a divine, knowable person, and we can commune and fellowship with Him. We have to learn how to look inward and monitor our inward man and listen. Now turn the page over to uh, Romans 9. Romans 9 verse 1 Romans 9 verse 1 I say the truth in Christ I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost your conscience is a very important part Of your spiritual makeup and you're being led and directed in life now brother Hagen uh, used to say uh, your conscience is the voice of your own spirit now I kind of don't like to use the word voice because it brings up these ideas of hearing voices and that's not what we're doing we're not listening for voices we're not listening for voices but we're not we're not listening for voices Um, your conscience uh, is but we're going to use it in quotation marks your conscience is the voice of your own spirit and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit you have to have a clear conscience and a sensitive conscience. And this is why it's important not to violate your conscience. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.2 talks about those who have seared their conscience. That means they have violated their conscience. So many times, they have overridden their conscience. Their conscience told them, you know, don't do this, don't do that, and they ignored it. They ignored their conscience and they overrode it and they did it anyway. And they did that so many times that they've seared their conscience and now their conscience doesn't bother them anymore. And and it, and it has dulled their ability to hear their own spirit and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I had a, a Christian tell me a few years ago that uh, in their church they were going to, uh, the cell group leader took four or five of them to a movie. And of course, in this day and age, you don't exactly have to be a spiritual genius to figure out 99. Cent, 99% of the movie content is not Christian-oriented, is it? Hollywood is not really targeting the Christian community, are they? So, they they should have been clued in that this is not Christian content in this movie that they're going to. But they went anyway. And they told me the very first scene that popped up on the screen, they would not even tell me what it was. That's how bad it was. It was unspeakable what they saw on the screen. They would not even repeat it. And I'm glad they didn't because I didn't want to know. And I said... Did you get up and leave? No. no. No, we didn't get up and leave. They sat there through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Now, not family. only did they not On get the up shed? and leave, what, what's more amazing, the cell group leader, who's a leader in the church, sat there as oh, well. No. They didn't,
1: you know, even if the
0: rest of them didn't get up and leave, you would have thought the leader of the church yeah. would have stood up and said, we're getting out of here now get your tail up out of that seat we're getting out of here now they all they all sat there now what did they now you know good and well their conscience was telling them we don't need to be sitting here as Christians watching this
1: film.
0: but they didn't do it they over you know, I, you know the Holy Spirit was dealing with them, yeah. not, not to sit through that. You need to get out of here. You don't need to be watching this. But they overrode it, and they sat there through it. Now, what are they doing when they do that? They are dulling their sensitivity. They're violating their conscience, and the next time they get in that situation, they won't get up and walk out then either because they're, they're dulling their ability to hear their own spirit, and the Holy Spirit... Uh, and they'll get to where they they don't hear him at all and even though the Holy Spirit may be yelling at them get out of here they can't hear it they can't hear it and they will then and this is what the carnal mind does it will then justify why they set through it. it it will rewrite the Bible or it will come up with carnal natural reasons to justify why they did not get up and leave. That's what the carnal mind does. So don't violate
1: your own conscience.
0: Now, some key words that we have seen in these scriptures, we've seen the word witness, we've seen the word spirit, and we've seen the word conscience. Now, do any of these words... Uh, refer to the outward body no none of these words have anything to do with the outward body the spirit the conscience and the witness are all relative to the inward man so none of nothing this has nothing to do with your feelings when we're looking for God to lead us we don't need to be looking to the outside we as New Testament Christians are not to be led externally. And this is what happened to the captain of that ship in Acts 27. He was led by external circumstances. The weather looked fine to him and he didn't see any reason not to sail. So that he was led by, by external things, but we're to be led internally. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, But though our outward man perish." Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Notice the the words outward man and inward man. We have an outward man and we have an inward man. And this inward man is our own spirit where the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with our spirit. That's how he's going to lead us. Let's say this together. God leads us,
1: God leads us through, the man. through
0: the inward man. Now, uh, Peter, over in 1 Peter 3, verse 4, he referred to the human spirit and the inward man. He called it the hidden man of the heart. Paul called it the inward man. Peter referred to it as the hidden man of the heart. They're both talking about the same thing, your reborn spirit. Many Christians are still trying to be led by the outward man. And they'll pray something like this, Lord, if you want me to do this, open the door. Now, every single one of us in this room, I know, at one time or other in our life, we have prayed that prayer haven't we no, Lord if you want me to do this open the door and we know what you know we know what it means we're, we're so but so, when you say open the door what door are you referring to you're referring to a door out here somewhere in your natural circumstances it's an outward door it's, it's the same as saying Lord if you want me to do this Do something in my natural circumstances to let me know that this is what you want me to do. And that's not being led by the inward man. That's being led by the outward man. That's being led by external things. And just because a door is open doesn't mean God opened it, (laughs) you know and just because a door is open doesn't automatically mean we're supposed to go through it and just because a door is closed doesn't mean we're not necessarily supposed to go through it brother copeland says every door you are supposed to go through is always closed and i have found that to be true (laughs) i mean if i if i ever saw an open door i don't know what it looked like because it looks like to me Every door I have ever walked through was a brick wall. And I had to take a hammer and a chisel and cut out a door in the middle of a brick wall and walk through it. I can look back at, at some times in my life and I can see when I was led by my spirit. But I can look back at times in my life and I know I was not being led by the Holy Spirit. I just made decisions just like everybody else. Just reasoning. Just reasoning and leaning to my own understanding. And that, that's the way unbelievers do, and unfortunately many Christians. But if you don't know, you don't know. You know, if you've never had any teaching, which I didn't at our church, they didn't teach about heaven, they didn't teach about hell, they didn't teach about earth. I mean, you know, that, that pretty well covers it. We, we knew nothing. I mean, you were just left out there to your own devices. And, and so we just live like everybody else, except for morally. Except for morally, we just live like everybody else, you know? And that, that's sad. And that's why we're changing it. Amen? We're getting revelation. We don't have to live that way anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, So if you pray, Lord, if you want me to do this, open the door. That involves your outward circumstances. And the problem with that is this. Satan operates out there in the natural, physical realm. He can influence people, and he can open doors too. And if you pray, Lord, if you want me to do this, send a pink taxi by my house at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. (laughs) This is a problem. The devil's going to arrange for a pink taxi to come by your house at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And you're going to think it was God because that that involves your natural circumstances. And that's where the devil operates and can influence people. But in here. He hadn't got any place. He hadn't got any place. That's why we're to be led in by the inward man and not the outward man. So, so when people pray this prayer, Lord, if you want me to do this, have a pink taxi come by my house at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. That's what the Bible calls putting out a fleece. Putting out a fleece. And a lot of Christians, they say, well, it's in the Bible. Well, you know, Gideon did it. Yeah, but th- this is a big difference. Gideon was in the Old Testament. He was an Old Testament believer. He was not born again. He did not have the Holy Spirit inside him. And nobody could go up to Gideon and say, Gideon, just be led. Just be led by the Lord. Just be led by what you're getting on the inside. It wasn't an option. It, was, it wasn't an option for him. He he didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. He didn't even have the written word. He didn't even have the written word or the Holy Spirit. Talking about, you know, left to your own devices, you know. And God having, God had to deal with people in their outward situation. You know, God uh, he appeared to Moses in the burning bush. He had to. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. How else was he going to communicate with him? But that, that's not the case anymore. We, we can't use these people as, as uh, examples of how God leads us anymore. We're, we're not Old Testament believers. We, we're born again. We have the Holy Spirit only inside of us. So in the New Covenant, we're not to be led by fleeces. And Charles Coutt says, if you put out a fleece, you're going to get fleeced. <laughs> and he was speaking from personal experience. Because he put out a fleece one time and he got fleeced for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars to put his fleece out.
1: Can I give you a backup on that? Mm-hmm. If you want us to go to this country, go sell the house for us. <laughs> sold the house and then did it with a penny.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the devil can arrange for somebody to buy your house. Very quickly. They? Yeah. yeah. Like within days. Yeah. yeah. A
1: miraculous sale.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. After we made the decision, I was so nervous, I
1: was taking vitamins by the score, thinking that would help.
0: But what it was, was the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us not to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so know we, that now. Yeah, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. I I can look back and...
1: And for a year, <coughs> this year, our friends in Cyprus have been saying, when are you coming over? Come over and see us. We've got this festival, got this in the church. Every time he said that, it went... And I found out yesterday the whole year why and i wrote them and said that we'll be not be going more, to cyprus this year Cameron mm. has committed the raf it's on cyprus nice. to attack syria and iraq but now yeah, that puts cyprus wet. in a position where they're easily hit wet. by missiles mm-hmm. 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 and aqua's here is just down the road from where we used to stay and live yep
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So, so see, we, the, the
0: Holy Spirit knows the future, doesn't he? Yeah. He knows the future.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Praise God. Amen. So, so even though, I mean, you've given examples where you say, yeah, I know all about it because I did the same thing and I got fleeced. Um, uh, we can also think of times when we did that and it turned out okay. You know, there there are times we we just, uh, you know, we were just led by external. We prayed a prayer like that, and it turned out okay. Mm-hmm. But the reason it turned out okay is God has mercy on babies. That's why, that's why we got away with it because we were just we did it in ignorance, and God just had mercy on us because we we were babies, we were ignorant, and we didn't know any better. But now we're growing up and we're maturing. Amen. And he, he wants us to be led by the Spirit. Uh, and, uh, you know, man can miss it. And even good people can be influenced by the wrong things. But under the New Covenant, we all have a Bible. And we all have the Counselor. And we all have the responsibility to pray and be led. So God may use someone else to confirm something to you. Uh, God God was, I can look back and I say, God was leading me for four years to come to England in here. And, I, you know, I would take a step and then, you know, and every door was closed. Every door was closed, but I would take a step and I'd take another step and so forth. And And after about four years, I received a prophecy that confirmed what was in my heart. But that prophecy did not shock me and it did not surprise me. It confirmed what God had already been dealing with me about for four years. So whenever, if you get a prophecy, you know, from somebody and it shocks you and it surprises you and your your spirit does not bear witness with it, Take it over and put it in the trash can. Okay.
1: That was the same with us with the house. When God was leading us to come in, we just couldn't sell We would went on and on. You won't sell it. You won't sell it. You won't sell it. And mm-hmm. We just I just said, Lord, whatever. Just give up. And then eventually, when I let go, the Lord moved in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it just didn't happen like that. He told no. us three years before. It didn't happen until three no. years
0: later. No. It, it usually does yeah yeah but, just didn't but he's preparing you know he's he was preparing me because there was a lot of and there was a lot of preparing that had to be done after I got here and that's what all this whole things has been about preparing me to do what he's called me to do because when I came here I didn't know anything it's like Billy Brim said she went to work for for brother Hagen you know and she she was learning and man, she was reading his sermons and she was helping him write his books and she was learning and, you know, she felt like she had a call of God on her life. And God said, you sit here, you work for this man, you learn for this man because you don't know anything, (laughs) you know, and that's the way I I came here, but I didn't know anything. And I didn't even know really what God wanted me to, to do here for a while, but he led me. He led me. And... Eventually, it that began to be confirmed to me through prophetic words. You know, and Brother Gordon and Barbara gave me prophetic words about it. But every single one of those prophetic words witnessed with my spirit. God had already been speaking to me about that. He had already been dealing with me about that. And when I heard it, it did not shock me and it did not surprise me. So you... When somebody gives you a word or a prophecy, you check it by the written word of God and your own spirit. And if you don't have a witness about what they're saying, you are not under any obligation to receive that. I don't care who they are. Even if you go to a a so-called professional qualified person, a doctor, a lawyer, or somebody like that for advice, when you're listening to them, while while you're listening to them, you be listening in here. You be listening in here about what they're telling you. Do I, do I witness what they're telling me or not? If you do, you know, you got the witness of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't, thank you. Here's your 50 pounds. Bye. <laughs> you know because people can miss it you know even pastors can miss it so you check it by the book and you check it by the inward witness everybody say the book the
1: the witness the
0: The book
1: the The
0: witness that's what you check it by everybody say i have the book
1: I have the book. And
0: I have the witness. So I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is not just for church. This is a running, ongoing communion with the Holy Spirit. Now, where you're sitting right now, you got somebody sitting next to you, and you are aware of their presence. You're aware that somebody's sitting next to you. You're not talking to them. You're not even touching them. But you're aware that there's somebody else next to you besides you. And that's the way we need to get with the Holy Spirit. We need to, be- to become aware that there's somebody else inside us. And there's somebody with me Mom. all the time. And we're, we're checking down in here. And we keep our little spiritual antenna run up. When we're walking through ASDA... And you know we're walking through the uh, Guilford or wherever we got our little spiritual antenna run up, and every once in a while we just check on the inside water be getting on the inside. Um. So this when you get this way with the Holy Spirit and you begin to get more aware of His presence and more aware of Him inside you, you know you're beginning to make some progress. And that's where I want to get to where I have this continual just ongoing communion. I'm aware that He's he's talking to me all the time and I'm not dull to it. And one of the things we're going to do is we go along in this study. We're not only going to know that we can be led by the Spirit of God, but we're gonna learn things we can do and stop doing to be able to make it more clear. His leading stronger and clearer to us. Things we can do that will increase our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Uh, You may be in a situation where outwardly everything looks great. It may be something you wanna buy. It may be uh, an opportunity to invest in something. It may be a job opportunity. It looks like a good deal and a great opportunity. But on the inside, you got to check in your spirit. Something just does, doesn't seem right about this. And Brother Hagen used to describe it like this. He used to say, it's like being in the shower with your socks on. <laughs> It's something just not quite right. Everything outwardly looks good. This looks like a great deal. It's what I've been looking for. But something's just not quite right here. And Keith Moore puts it like this. He says, If it's not right, it's not right. If it's not quite right, it's not right. Walk, walk off. <laughs> you know, walk away from it. And when they say, But today is the last day this sale is on, and tomorrow it's going back to the normal price. Well, first of all, this isn't necessarily the last day of the sale. I can guarantee you, I've heard that before. And two weeks later, I drove past that store, and the sale was still going. What even cheaper? Yeah, yeah. Or they dropped the price. Uh So. So don't be pressured by this. This is the last day. And if you don't buy it now, you know, it, it's, you missed your chance. That's, that's just a salesman ploy. So follow the leading. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to preach you a sermon or write you a book or send you an email or a text message telling you why you should not buy this, why you should not invest in this. And why you should not go to this place. This is why I'm, over a period of time, I have been training myself to listen to my own spirit and the Holy Spirit, even the little things. Uh, Have you seen that advertisement of Joyce Meyer, with her show, where she's out in the car park with this guy in the shopping trolley? Have you ever seen that? It, in America, it, I, I've seen it quite a number of times. Uh, they're they're advertising one of her books or something. Me, right. mommy. And she's uh, they're out in the car park, and this guy's pushing his trolley across the par- car park. Now yeah. you you know when you it, people are not too bad about that here, well. but. Have you seen these shopping trolleys just all scattered all over the car park and they're blocking the entrances and everything because people just took them and shoved them and they didn't take them back to the shed. Oh no. Well that's what she's out in the car park and this guy's got his trolley pushing it and she's walking alongside him like the Holy Spirit. And she's saying, Take that don't leave that trolley out here, take it back to the shed where it belongs. And she's pretending to be the Holy Spirit. And the whole point is, we need to listen to our spirit in these little things like that. And every time I go to Sainsbury's or Tesco, and I get the shopping trolley, I, I always think about that. Take the trolley back to the shed. And, and, and even little things. If I'm walking along, and there's a piece of paper on the floor, And my spirit says, pick up that piece of paper and throw it away. I pick up the paper and throw it away. I don't stop and say, why should I pick it up? I did not throw it down. No, that's not my response. Who threw the paper down doesn't matter. Who picks it up doesn't matter. This is the point. I want to be able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me and little mundane things like this that don't matter because the very same holy spirit is the same holy spirit that's going to speak to me in a dangerous life and death situation and say get out of this building now Mm -hmm. and i want to be able to hear the same voice. and if i train myself to hear that voice pick up that piece of paper and throw it away, no then when I get yeah. in a situation that is important, no I will know. I will have my spirit trained to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because he is not going to preach okay. you a sermon why you need to get out of this building yeah. now. Oh. It, uh, all you may get is get out of here. That, that may be it. Get out of here. And that's all he says. He ain't gonna preach you a 15-minute sermon on why you need to get out of here. So, so it's important to start training your spirit. When you feel prompted, you know, in a little thing like that, pick that thing up and put it back, do it. You know, I go to a department store and you know, people lay clothes hanging on the yeah. underneath the rails. And I walk by, I pick it up and I put it back on the rail because. I'm prompted to do it. Plus, my parents had a department store, and we had to go along when that would happen, and we had to pick up the clothes and put them back on the rail because people didn't do it. So, uh, he requires us to walk by faith, and when we're walking by faith, uh, we don't have to see it all, and we don't have to know it all let's say this together thank god for the leadings of the holy spirit, the of the holy spirit. hallelujah uh, just like the holy spirit can let you know you're a child of god he can let you know don't buy that car don't take that job don't go there uh you don't have to turn there but i'm going to read uh act 16 verse 6 and 7. And this was on one of Paul's journeys where they were traveling. And he said, Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not they had planned to go to these places and preach and the holy spirit suffered them not he said don't don't go and he didn't tell them why not to go he just said don't go you may never know yeah you may never know what why not so when he lets you know something supernaturally that you would have no other way of knowing that is a word of knowledge if you're facing a problem if your printer breaks, if your computer goes down, you know, say, Holy Spirit, you know all there is to know about this printer, this computer. You were there when they made it. Show me what's wrong with this. Show me what to do. And just don't listen for voices. Just be led by prompting. Check this cable. Check that plug. You know, check, check this, check that. And when he prompts you to check it, just check it. And that's that's how we learn. Um, so the Holy Spirit knows. Hallelujah. We want to get to the place where we're we are we're asleep and the Lord can just whisper something to us and our eyes fly open and we say, Yes, Lord, I'm listening. What do you want to say? Now, I'm going to share this with you quickly before we leave. This story. Um, when I... Uh, the very first church I went to in London they started a Bible school there and I went and it was good it was just a basic foundational uh, Bible school on you know being born again and what it means and who we are in Christ and you know uh, a section on the Holy Spirit and a section on end times and just various you know uh, just a general Bible school and and it was good and the guy the the Bible teacher that taught the one associated with the Holy Spirit. He was American but he lived over here. He didn't go to that church. But he shared a story that I still remember and I've always remembered this. He um, he had a Christian friend who was dating an unsaved girl. Now you can already probably figure out where this is headed. But this Christian friend was dating an unsaved girl. And he and a couple other Christian friends went to him and they started talking to him about, you don't need to be doing this. You, what, what, what's happening here? What's the first and most common basic way the Lord leads us? The written word. What does it say in the Bible about Christians being yoked with unbelievers? What what communion does righteousness have with unrighteousness? What communion does light have with darkness? This guy on the first step is already violating the written word of God. So they go to him and they say, look, you you can't be doing this. This is not right. You're a Christian and this girl's not saved. You don't need to be dating this girl. And he wouldn't listen. And they didn't badger him about it. They didn't hound him about it. But from time to time, they went to him and and said, look, you know, this is just not going to work. This this is going to end up in heartache and all this. Well, he wouldn't listen. And time went on, and things got more serious, and he decided he was gonna marry her well they they were you know they stayed on him about it, even up to like the end you know and and he he married her well, a year a year and a half later, guess what happened It all blew up, and this the these this teacher and his friends they they you know this guy, I guess, came to them, you know, and more or less said, well, you were right, you know. And this is what he told them. He said, the day of the wedding, he said, I was standing in that church and the only thing in the whole world I wanted to do was run out of that church as fast as I could run and never look Back. the Spirit of God was dealing with him on the inside even to the day of that wedding do not do this don't go through with this you're making a mistake and, and, and this is what Brother Hagen describes as, as, a, as one of the ways you can distinguish your own spirit from the Holy Spirit he says the, the Holy Spirit is more authoritative than your spirit. It's got more kind of umph to it. You know what I mean? It's got more emphasis to it. You're, you'll have a witness in your spirit about something in, in your conscience. But the Holy Spirit is more yeah. authoritative. You know, it's like more emphatic.
1: Mm. It's kind of
0: more of an urgency to it. And and that's, I believe, the Holy Spirit, this wasn't just the witness of, this wasn't just his conscience anymore. The Holy Spirit was rising up on the inside of that guy with every fiber of his being saying, don't go through with this, don't do it. And the way, I don't know that he knew it was the Holy Spirit, but the way he described it was, It was so strong, and it was so powerful, the only thing he wanted to do was run out of that church and never look back. That's the way he described it. And should he have ever had anything to do with this girl in the first place? Not according to the Word. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you the Holy Spirit was working on him that whole time, and he overrode his conscience, and he overrode his conscience, and he overrode his conscience. Do you know why? His flesh wanted it. His flesh liked what he saw, and he liked what he heard, and his flesh said, I'm going to have that. And his spirit was saying, but no, you know it's not right, but you know what the Word says? I don't care what the word says, I want it, you get it for me. He was dominated by his flesh and his spirit was so weak, he he could not and did not and he overrode his conscience. And it ended in, and God was doing everything he could to try to prevent this, you know. He He even sent Christians across his path. He had the inward witness. And, and, and they finally said to him, why, then why did you, you know, why did you do it? And he said, well, all these people had come and they had given us all these gifts and I just didn't think I could back out. I just felt like I had to go through with it. And, and, you know, it, it's so sad. It's so tragic. Uh, I know one other situation personally, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it's long and it's even more tragic than the one I just told you. But this girl went to the church I was going to in America before I came here, and she wasn't a girl anymore. She, She was married and had three kids. Not only was she a Christian, had been a Christian basically all of her life. Her, past, her parents were pastors of a church. And she dated an unbeliever. And she wanted to marry him. And she told me personally, she said, My father begged me all the way to the church not to marry him. She said, He promised me a car. He promised me to send me to college anything I wanted just don't marry him and she said I would not have it I would not listen and I can tell you that ended in a tragic tragic uh, situation Uh, in the end he got saved He, he eventually got saved and then she went off the rails she had an affair with a man at work and I mean the whole it, it was a horrible tragedy it was a horrible tragedy but this girl was a Christian I mean she was a Christian So we're not talking about unbelievers that that you know so so you know we we got what the word and the spirit the word and the spirit amen so so we we can avoid these things, amen. We 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 can avoid these things, and perhaps if they had known a bit more, you know. But but I think these things are just happen too too often in the body of Christ. There are just too many Christians uh, that don't know these things, or you know, they're just being led by the wrong. You know, they're they're being led by their flesh. That girl, she wanted to marry that guy. And, she was determined to do it and, and she did it, but man, this was years and years later down the line. It, it ended in a horrible tragedy. And uh, whole families destroyed. More than one family just totally destroyed. Probably three families destroyed. And, and, and it all down, you know, just violating the written word of God, not, you know, just being dominated by your flesh. And and not being led by the Spirit of God. But we're mature sons of God. Amen. And we're gonna be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Because we got the Word and the Spirit. Amen. So let's just stand and, and praise the Lord and just thank Him for what we've heard today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have not left us orphans. You have not left us without help. You have given us your own Holy Spirit, the same, the same help, the self same spirit you had when you walked the earth. You have given to us. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Lord, teach us, show us how to become more sensitive. How to, most how to pay attention,
1: how to, pay attention.
0: How, to be aware. how to be aware, and how to yield to the Holy Spirit. How to yield to the Holy Spirit.